0: I've been known at times to be Captain Obvious, so I will be Captain Obvious right now. It's Father's Day. Happy fathers to the fathers. Now let's be clear. We do know that this is a hallmark holiday. They have programmed it well, but it's still a wonderful day to express love and gratitude to our fathers, or to men who were like fathers to us as we were growing up, or continue to be like that to us today. I loved my father. He's been gone now for eight years, home to the place made for him by Jesus, who he loved and followed all of his adult life. My father was a funny man. He had quips and jokes abounding. And you never played trivial pursuit with him because he knew more useless information than any human I ever met. <laughs> I remember he once telling me some rather typical dad sayings. And I know this to be true because they were things he said a lot, and his father, whom I knew well, said to him and me a lot as I was growing up. So, here's my dad's top six sayings. Number six. I'm not sleeping, I was watching that show. (laughs) Number five, no, we're not lost. (laughs) Number four, do you think I'm made of money? (laughs) Number three, don't worry, it's only blood. (laughs) Number two, don't make me stop this car. And number one, number one, hear this clearly, number one, ask your mother. (laughs) I was in junior high school when my parents revealed to me that I was adopted. Once the truth was known, they kept telling me that they chose me. That's what they said. Over and over again, they had no idea the adventure they were in for during my teen years. My guess is that there were several days when they wondered about the choice that they had made. I'm grateful that my mother tended to fog the reality of those challenging days. That was her coping mechanism. But we made it through, and God blessed us all in some very profound ways. One thing I've discovered since embracing my adoption and the notion of being chosen is that I have found hundreds of other people just like me adopted and also told that they were chosen too. Carolyn and I now have two children of our own making and five grandchildren in part made from what we made. Are you with me? Were they chosen? Certainly not by us. But is something else going on? Does God choose the children parents get? Or does God choose the parents of the children he gives? Then it came to me. What about the man God chose To raise on earth the son of his own making, his only begotten one. What about the husband of Mary, the woman God chose to give birth to his son, Jesus? What about Joseph? Joseph is overlooked, is he not? Overshadowed by the prominence given to Mary. But the reality is that he was chosen by God to be the father that would raise up Jesus. As far as I can tell, Joseph, the man who married Mary, the mother of Jesus, is never quoted as saying one word in the Bible. There's not one quotation mark around anything said by Joseph. Yet as I looked at what is said about Joseph, I found some interesting and strong statements about the man God chose to raise his son among us. Who is Joseph? Is he merely the love interest of the woman God chose to give birth to Jesus and nothing more? I have a hard time believing that to be the case. Though there is no text that reveals the answer to that question. But I think God chose both of them and each of them for this task. What is it about Joseph that God would choose him? Why him? Pray with me that as we unwrap the scripture lessons for today, we will discover something about Joseph that reveals God's reason for choosing him to raise his son. Pray with me. Holy Father, open our minds and hearts to the message you want to bring to us today through these verses about the man you chose to raise up your son, Jesus. May we discover help for our lives so that Jesus might be raised up to fullness in each of us. In his name, I pray. Amen. (coughs) Excuse me. To begin with, Joseph was a man who loved his wife. If you're taking notes, the back page of the bulletin has a blank spot there. The word is loved. For those who like to be interactive with the sermon, in a direct way, Joseph is betrothed to Mary. That's the word used in Scripture. Betrothal is not like our engagement, it is much, much more than a typical engagement in our culture. In a Jewish betrothal, a couple is really considered married, but they do not live together. There is a waiting period for them, usually up to a year, in which they each continue to live at home and they prepare to become a live-together married couple down the road. If either of them is found to be unfaithful during this time, it is so serious it's considered a breaking of the marriage vows. Listen to Jewish law from Moses' second message to the children of Israel before he left them in Deuteronomy 22. If a man happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, You shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. The young woman, because she was in a town and did not scream for help, and the man, because he violated another man's wife, you must purge the evil from among you. This was serious. It was life-taking to violate the vows of betrothal. Joseph and Mary are betrothed. They are pledged to be married. Mary reveals to Joseph... That she is with child. Imagine for a moment in silence what that conversation might have been like. Here's the dilemma for Joseph he knows he is not the father of the child that Mary is carrying. Listen to what Joseph was thinking as we look at Matthew 1, verses 18 and 19. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, remember now, they were betrothed, but he's considered a husband. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was faithful to the law of God. He loved Mary. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he contemplated. How could he divorce her quietly? He couldn't make it go away. Joseph loved this woman he really did and why he while he also loved the law of God that he knew well he was not prepared for the ending of Mary he was wrestling he was struggling because his love for God and his love for Mary seemed to be in conflict The second thing we learn about Joseph is that he was a man who listened to God. He knew God's law. He was clearly a listener to the rabbis that had taught him all the years of his life growing up, that instructed him in the ways of God. He was conflicted about the law and the love that he had for Mary. So listen to what happened next in the very next verses. But after he, that is Joseph, had considered this, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. What is conceived in her, excuse me, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. End of quote. It's a dream. And it's a message from God delivered by an angel. And Joseph listens. The only reason we know what was done in this dream and what was said by this angel is Joseph had to tell somebody. He probably told many somebodies. Because it's astounding. In essence, he is being asked to take responsibility for the pregnancy. He is asked to take responsibility to protect and provide for his wife Mary and to be the father of this son, and to give him the name Jesus, which means he saves, which he does. This, we discover, is not out of the ordinary for Joseph. He has other dreams with angel visitations. Let's take a little ride. Nearly two years following the birth and the naming of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus are still living in Bethlehem. Magi have just visited them and given them fine and very costly gifts. And listen to what happens in Matthew 2, verse 13. When they, the Magi, had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Deja vu. It's happening again. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. End of quote. Once again, it's a dream. And the message from God is delivered by an angel. Joseph is a listener. But there's more. Several years later, while still in Egypt, we have another Joseph dream and angel visitation. Listen. Matthew 2, 19. After Herod died... An angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. End of quote. God is speaking to Joseph once again, and Joseph listens. James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, leader of the first church in Jerusalem and author of the letter of James in the New Testament, writes this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. It doesn't mean you don't listen, but there's more to it than just listening. And that leads us to the third point about Joseph, the chosen father of Jesus. Joseph was a man who did what God said. He didn't just listen. He just didn't know what was being said. He did what was being said to him. Listen to how Joseph responded to the angelic dream concerning Jesus' conception and the marrying of Mary. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, And he gave him the name Jesus. He did exactly what the angel told him to do in the dream. Joseph was a doer because he listened well. He did exactly what was asked of him. But there's more. Listen to how Joseph responded to the angelic dream following the visit of the Magi in Matthew 2.14. So he, Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. Joseph did everything God said to him through the angel. And incidentally, not coincidentally, but god he fulfilled prophecy about the coming Messiah, who was Jesus, whom Joseph had named, according to God's will. But there's more. In Matthew 2, 19 to 20, we read, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Once again, Joseph listens as God spoke to him through the angel. Then, sure enough, Joseph did did what was said. Listen to what the text reads. So, he got up took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. All of a sudden you can see something has cropped up in the goings-on of God speaking through these dreams and visions of angels and words directly from God himself. And this Archelaus problem, the son of Herod, It did not cause Joseph to take matters in his own hand. He didn't make the decision about what to do. Listen to what the text says. Having been warned in a dream, though we don't hear the dream, but having been warned in a dream, Joseph withdrew to the district of Galilee. He went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, he will be called a Nazarene. Once again, Joseph is given a dream. We have no mention of an angel this time, but it doesn't mean there wasn't one. It's been condensed. It's kind of like dew on the lawn in the morning, in the springtime sometimes around here. There's lots of moisture in the atmosphere, but you only know that because you can see the little dew on the blades of grass. It's just given us a little window with not all the information. But clearly he's directed where to go. And this direction also fulfills another prophecy about the Messiah. God chose Joseph to father his son, Jesus. And we learn from Joseph that what matters is love for your wife, listening to God, and doing what God says. Isn't the application obvious? I mean, real? Obvious? Fathers, love your wife. It's the second best gift you can give to your children is love for your wife. Best gift is love for God. But if you love God, there's no choice. You love your wife. That's how it works. You love them. You support them. You encourage them. You lift them up. You provide for them. You protect them. You let them be who they are. You love them. They matter. More than your children, they matter. If your children, fathers, matter more than your wife, you're missing the mark completely, and they're learning something very false about relationships and family. Fathers, love your wife. Now, wives, Don't keep reminding your husbands that they need to love you. That doesn't help, if you know what I mean. I remember when we first got married, Carolyn would say to me, Craig, I love you. I would say, well, good. (laughs) I learned very quickly that that was not the right response. Because what she was really saying, though she didn't even know this herself until we talked it through, she was really saying, Craig, do you love me? She wanted me to say that to her. And why not? I did love, I do love her. Wow. (laughs) You all have gotten quicker over these months. (laughs) To hear it being said is a wonderful thing. To see it being shown is even better. But expressing it is what we're called to do. And fathers, it's our task to love our wives. It's a task that's meant to come from the heart. It's a task that's meant to reveal itself in the words we say and the things that we do. We are to love our wives, our wife. You've gotten a little slow again. Second thing, fathers, listen to God. Now, you may not have God speak to you in a dream with an angel that showed up. I have never had a dream with an angel in it. Has anybody here had a dream with an angel in it? Oh, I'm not alone. Some some of you are going like this. I know what nationality you are. Um, But God can speak through dreams. But even more personally, more profoundly, God speaks to us in the scriptures. Fathers, if you're not diving into the scriptures, you're missing hearing from God and what he has to say to help you with your life. Dive into the scriptures. Be a part of the Bible study this summer. Next fall, make it a commitment. I'm going to be a part of our classes that take place after worship every morning on Sundays. It's a great opportunity to learn and grow and to hear what God has to say. And you have multiple choices. You don't like what you're hearing in one class, you can go to another one. If you don't like that one, you can go to a third one. It's wonderful. And it's not that you won't like what you're hearing, but it may be something else needs to be said to you and you're open to that coming. Dive into the Bible. If you dive into, your, into it to yourself, that's fine. But you won't get nearly as much out of it unless you're with a group of people. Because people think differently about what they hear in the scripture. And as we converse about it, we discover deeper meaning, greater purpose, and a better way for it to be lived out in our lives. Be a part of a small Bible study group. Listen to God. Put yourself in a place to listen. Fathers... This is the second task given to us. Listen to God. And you can also include the advice of wise and godly people in your life. People that you admire. People that are mentor type people to you. Listen to them as they tell you about their understanding of the scripture. Their understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. Listen to God. And fathers, do what he says. Do what he says. You see, God has also chosen us. Now, this is for everybody, not just fathers. He's chosen us not merely to be obedient, but also to be that. He's chosen us not merely to hear his voice in scripture and dreams and so forth, but also that. He's not merely chosen us to be after his heart, but also that. God has chosen us because he wants to give us his heart. That's the Holy Spirit implanted in us. Where the heart of God gets expressed in the life of a person who loves him, who listens to him, and does what he says. To love as he loves and to raise up Jesus in our lives so that we might become mature and like Jesus. I was going to pray this prayer, but I want to speak this prayer to you this morning. So, Chris, you can come up while I'm doing this. Pretend your heads are bowed, but you don't have to bow them. God chose Mary, and God chose Joseph. By Mary, God conceived and birthed his son, Jesus. So with us, God seeks to conceive and give us a new birth in Jesus Christ. Pregnant with Jesus, what an interesting thought to percolate. By Joseph, God named and raised Jesus. So with us, God seeks to raise up Jesus to maturity in our lives. And we have a part to play in that, to listen and to do. Father, help us to that end to be more like Mary and more like Joseph, eager to listen and willing to do whatever you ask. This I pray on behalf of myself and my friends here this morning, in the name of Jesus, the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.